What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Making the Turn. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and this is episode two. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. This is BJ Parker. I'm your host. This is Making the Turn. Your turf industry podcast coming to you. And today is episode two. And I got one of my buddies with me, Dan Johnson from Old Hickory Country Club. How you doing, buddy? Great. How are you doing, BJ? Don't be so stiff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, this is something that I wanted to do for a long time, and uh, I'm enjoying the uh, the the grind and the journey of it. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And I'm um, just going to pick your brain and see if we can help some folks and talk about what's going on in your world. So cool. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Well, tell, so I know uh, a lot about you. We spent a lot of time together, but maybe some people don't. So kind of just give me a brief one to two minutes of, you know, maybe how you got to old Hickory, what was sort of your route? What was sort of some of the things that you experienced along the way and you know there's any little tidbits of stories that somebody might be dealing with the same little situation that might help them you know get to where you are well I've played golf my whole life I was a very good junior golfer and ended up on a scholarship down to a smaller college in Louisiana McNeese State and after Hurricane Rita I'd gotten robbed a couple times and I evacuated uh, to Shelbyville, Tennessee, and had a lot of friends that attended Middle Tennessee State and decided I wanted to transfer up there. I wasn't playing uh, at a very high level anymore and uh, decided I need a change and, and enjoyed Middle Tennessee State. Ended up working for a gentleman named Tim Parsons at Riverbend Country Club. Going to get him on the podcast one day. And, I, you know, I just <laughs> – I'd always worked on golf courses. I've been changing cup and weed eating since I was 14 years old. And when I went to work for Tim, I was 21. And I just, uh, it was different. He was a really good guy to work for. He was hands-on. And I just, I didn't know what I was doing in college. I got a business degree first. And it wasn't until years later I got a two-year turf degree through Penn State. But uh, Tim made it fun, and, and I decided to, take it seriously and became part of the GCSAA and uh, decided that's what I wanted to do and went from there to working at Stones River Country Club in Murfreesboro to having an opportunity to work at the Farm Golf Club down in Dalton, Georgia. I uh, worked there as an assistant, worked my way up to a, being an assistant uh, for four years and during that time got my two-year online Penn State degree and uh, thankfully this opportunity in Nashville uh, came open. I was engaged to be married and, you know, really excited that uh, about the possible opportunity of interviewing at Old Hickory Country Club. Uh, thought it'd be a great place to, to start my new life with, uh, with Laura. We've been together, I guess, eight years now and uh, just had a daughter 10 months ago. And this, this place has been great. I couldn't be happier to, to be here and feel feel fortunate every day to be at this club. So that's kind of how I ended up here. Uh, still love golf uh, more than anything. Don't ever feel like I come to work, but, but grind hard every day just because I am passionate about it. Uh, it's, it sounds cliche, but, you know, when you do enjoy something that much, you don't feel like you're ever working yourself to death just because – it's it's what you love to do and sometimes I take that's good and bad I, I I love it to the point where sometimes I'll take work with me but I'm sure we'll talk about that sure you know later later on but uh feel very fortunate that's that's the short version of how I got here and um a lot of peaks and valleys along the way but but life is good so what is what is one of the things when you first arrived here being this was your first superintendent job, right? Yes. So what was one of the first things, because obviously when you come into a new situation, you've learned a lot from your past experiences. What is one of the things that you did, you had as like a goal or an accomplishment that you wanted to accomplish when you stepped uh, on, on property? 
you know, the golf course industry as a whole is pretty tough. Um, you know, Old Hickory has struggled financially for years and years, and I guess originally everyone comes in and they want to make just super impactful change and improve turf conditions and, you know, with whatever resources you got. Um, so I don't, I don't know directly. I mean, uh, you're going to have to edit the shit out of this because I'm fucking at a loss. Let me, <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let, let me think about that a second. Well, let me, let me just, let me just ask it another way. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a period of time when you come in when you can assess the equipment or you can assess the golf course or the, there's some things that may have been going on from a previous, you know, superintendent or whatever. And you go, I'm, I'm going to completely do a 180 and do it this way. But, it, you know, did, did you have a greens conversion? Did you have something that, you know, did you go through an irrigation change or was there something that you, you know, you know, had to deal with right off the bat or, you know, tree program or something like that, that you said, Hey, this is some things we can work towards to make just small drastic improvements. Right. Okay. That, that does make a lot more sense. I've, I've been the, the tree program here at Old Hickory has been kind of my, my stamp, at least initially when you don't have a ton of resources to work with, but you've got, you know, you've got labor on property every day, but you know your your project resources are limited you know fuel and bar oil and sharp chains i mean doesn't cost just a ton so sure. we made a lot of impactful change here improving turf conditions just through uh, an extensive limbing program and in the seven years uh i think my assistant randy mcclanahan and myself have counted over 850 trees that have come out wow. um so when you're not wanting to spend money every year throwing fescue seed in shady areas that don't do very well anyways, and we're in a, you know, transition zone where Bermuda grass, you know, will thrive most of the time, barring a extremely cold winter. Uh, that's kind of been our, our stamp on the, you know, at least immediately. Um, did a greens conversion in 2013. I did manage bent grass here for one, one season. Um, did a bunker renovation in 2017. So I've had, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of cool, uh, projects, but I think that what members started buying into and why, what made them start spending a few more resources, it was directly in relation to that, that tree program, because without spending just a ton of money, we weren't putting a lot of money in chemicals and fertilizer, but, you know, just raising canopies, getting some sunlight in there and doing the best we could with what we got. But a lot of that, you know, I had to communicate my way through a lot of that, like a lot of superintendents and, you know, a lot of these golf courses, everybody, you know, loves their trees. And, and I'm not a tree hater, but, you know, when 90% of your, your, your trees out there are hackberries or trees not native to Tennessee, you know, we've, we've kind of thinned it out a little bit. And, um, uh, uh, Right now, we got another cool little project we're working on. We're, we're starting to put a little length on the golf course. Uh, John Daly's become involved and uh, gotten to work with him a little bit nice. and uh, starting to expand some holes where we can, uh, you know, within reason and, and add a little length to the course. So that's been fun working with him. He's been my favorite golfer since I was eight years old. And honestly, probably the reason I got, got into golf as big as I did. So it's it's been really cool. Uh, and he's super normal and just a very genuine, nice guy. He he remembers people's names, which is a trait that, you know, I don't have. I'm trying to get better at it, but he's just one of those guys who makes everybody in the room feel important. So uh, definitely some cool things here. I've got a great staff, great assistant, great mechanic, um, really good culture within within the building. So. Uh, set up for for success and then really excited the new ownership has been great they've stepped up and uh doing some more fun projects and and a lot of exciting stuff ahead cool i want to i do want to uh get into the new ownership a little bit whatever you can talk about at some point i mean i i don't want to end this without talking about some of the new changes that y'all got in your experience in here i think that's exciting for you uh and and for the club you know this is just not to toot your own horn a little bit, but I, I I will say that you know 
I've seen a dramatic change in Old Hickory over the la- over since you've been here, and that's not to say that it was, you know, terrible when you when you first arrived. But there's been a lot of improvement. There's a lot of buzz about Old Hickory. You've done a fantastic job. It's by far one of the better golf courses that I play as far as conditions, as far as you know the greens being you know pure. I always enjoy it, and so, I mean, I think you're doing a wonderful job. Your staff should be uh, excited about it. You should you should be happy all the way around that, uh, you know, you've got things moving in the right direction. That's well, I appreciate that. Well, um, so as far as any – I mean, obviously we, we don't never have enough money or we never have enough resources, but – so it's easy to say that's the biggest challenge, but outside of that, you know, what has been something that has created somewhat of a challenge that you've had to either overcome or you're still dealing with? Well, before I answer that, I hate when somebody tells me that they can't do something, whether it's a, a staff member or a member out here or, or you know, a coworker or an assistant, or I, I, I want to surround myself with people that can or find a way that can or, or put enough minds together where we can tackle a problem. And, you know, when it comes to resources, I mean, money solves a lot of problems, but there's a lot of things that you can throw at problems that don't involve any money. And, and sometimes that's just elbow grease. Sometimes it's just people's attitudes. I think a biggest thing of what you and I have done our, our careers is, is manage people. Um, so at the end of the day, you can throw all the fertilizer and all the chemicals and, and all the money at something, but if you don't have a good group of guys that are actually making you look good. So, I, you know, a lot of the seminars I've been going to lately, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting more out of a lot of the motivational speakers and, and leadership speakers and stuff like that than I, I do out of the actual turf seminars. Um, I'm not saying that they aren't fantastic as well, uh, I still enjoy the continuing education part of it, but for me personally, where I'm at, you know, I've kind of got a program somewhat established here in terms of chemicals and fertility and stuff like that. But uh, that's that's one thing we can always improve on, uh, and just just try to be, you know, try to be the best that we can on a on a daily basis. And you're you're maximizing limited resources with employees who are probably underpaid and trying to put out a top quality product. So it's fun. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just different challenge. It's a, it's a industry like none other. I, I can't compare it. I can compare a head superintendent job to a football coach. Like, like you hear so many times and then when things are good, people tell you how great it is. And when things are bad and the greens go a little South, you know, everyone wants a job and, uh, you know, that's, that's tough sometimes, but, um, no, it's, it's just, it's a great industry and I've never been in, seen an industry where competitors, um, you know, we don't compete against the other superintendents, you know, everyone's helping each other out sure. and you just don't see that in any other industry. You know, we're all, we're trying to get the guy down the road to put out the very best product that he can. And, you know, everyone's trying to be the best. But we're also given every if, – if someone needs a resource of mine that will help their product get better, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah. And I'm going to ask them for help or they'll ask me for help and bounce ideas off each other and um, very, very unique. So. I know one of the things that, that I always appreciated about this business was that – and you touched on it a little bit – was is that nobody wants to see anybody else fail. They always want to see Correct. them do – they always want to see them do the best they can, and every situation is different. And so, as superintendents in in this particular field, I mean, they we constantly we're trying to help people get better, whether it be you know helping them, providing them information, whatever we could possibly do. And that is very rare because in reality, we're all competing for the same. You know, we're competing for golfers and customers, and and so that's a unique situation where if 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 you're providing the best possible product you can then you're gonna then you've done all you can do at that at at that facility and you're ultimately helping the bottom line and if you see somebody that's struggling or or instead of like wishing bad on them you we 
typically want to help them and figure out a way to you know make it better and and whenever you hear something negative or somebody gets fired or let go it's like man it just almost hurts the entire industry unless for some reason that person was you know just not liked or something happened that you know circumstances were different so i think that's unique because it's not that way across the board i mean I, 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 you talk to vendors or, you know, they're, they're almost in direct competition with each other. And, and the goal is really to try to help people. So you'll talk to a vendor and he'll say, well, I want to help, you know, my goal is to help you. Well, you know, they all sell the same products, you know, for the most part, they're all, they, they might have one or two things that are, that are unique to them that might get their foot in the door. But in the end of the day, you can, you can pretty much get something from whoever. And so, it goes back to those relationships. And so you end up buying from who you create a relationship with, who you enjoy being around, spending time with them and not necessarily for what they sell. Now it may be a little different when it comes to equipment per se, because one, one equipment might be head and shoulders above another in someone's opinion or whatever. So there is a little bit of that, but you know, I, I just think that it's great to see that, you know, I wish that we would do more, to be honest with you. I, I, w- I want to see superintendents not be so clicky. I wish they would play golf more. I wish that they would meet, you know, ha- you know, it, it's too, life is too hard to go through on your own. And a lot of times guys try to do it on their own. People don't know what they're going through. People don't talk to other guys about what they might be dealing outside of work. And that's a good way to build community within a, within a, because that it's not just what goes on the golf course. You can talk about more than work. So I don't know if you do that. You know, I know we've done that in the past, and I know that we've tried to. And it, you know, for various reasons, we don't do it as much, whether it's you know, family or work or whatever. But um, do you still continue to maybe get together with guys that are in the industry, whether it be vendors or superintendents, meet on a regular basis, talk to them? Is there anything like that you're doing as far as um, continuing that community? And is there anything that maybe superintendents in general are trying to put together that might be helping guys that may be assistants trying to move up or, uh, uh, you know, uh, equipment managers, mechanics, whatever, um, to, to sort of get, get themselves in a group of people that, that they can just talk and bounce ideas off and, you know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. We spoke earlier, BJ, about, uh, being on the board of directors. Uh, I'm past president now, but, uh, last year I was the president of the Middle Tennessee Association, and I know you have been years ago. Uh, that's one thing I think we've done better at. We're trying to play more golf. We are trying to have equipment technician seminars that it's it's really it's open to everyone. But it's it's we've had huge turnouts. You know where you get fifteen or twenty technicians in a room. I mean that's special because you know. F- I've been here seven years. I mean, that wasn't really heard of back then. Now they're the national level. Uh, GCSAA has done a good job of including the technicians and providing some really quality seminars and uh, offering some certifications. And, you know, I've been able to kind of empower my guy. His name is Matt McClanahan um, and advance his career uh, in turf grass. He's, he's been in equipment tech for I'd say the last 15 years, but at some really quality courses, Hermitage Golf Club down the road and Bluegrass uh, Yacht, and, Yacht and Country Club over in Hendersonville. Um, but it's it's really helped him. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely clicks. Um, at the end of the day, all these guys are genuinely my best friends. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a brief story and take it for what it's worth. So when I graduated college and got into this, you know, when, when you're working your way up, it's a grind and it, you know, it was nothing to work, you know, 60 to 85 hours a week, you know, bent grass greens, long hours, you, you know, work every weekend. If it was your weekend off and there was a tournament, well, tough, you didn't get the weekend off, but you know, I feel like we all did it. I lost a lot of the friendships that I had coming out of high school and college because I dedicated, this is what I wanted to do. I dedicated all my energy, uh, and, and kind of had too much of a one track mind. You know, I loved what I did. I I took it home with me at the end of the day, but you know, it bothered me for a while. I, I was, I'd lost out on a lot of friendships. And to this day, I only talk to, you know, one or two 
guys I was I was friends with in college, but I talked to all of you guys every single day. And it went from feeling bad for myself, like, hey, you know, look at all these friends you don't have anymore. To one day I just I woke up and it it was like it was so rewarding. I realized I was already surrounded by twenty or thirty of my best friends and we're all super like minded. We all share a lot of the same values. Most of us are, you know, type A and O C D and a little <laughs> bit A D D and like to have a good time and uh it just you know, one day it, it was like, Wow, I've got such a great community around me and we do wanna see each other do extremely well and you you want you know you want the best for absolutely every single one of of your buddies uh even if they are at a competing golf course sure. or something like that so that's been cool for me and and my life got so much better once i realized that it wasn't all the friends i didn't have it was holy cow i've got a whole industry of all my very best friends who we have a blast with and instead of it being hey they're just my superintendent friends it became just reality like hey my life has shifted in a different direction these are my very best friends so it's been really rewarding still keep in touch with a few buddies from college but most of my uh very closest friends are all in the business and a lot of great vendors in this uh middle tennessee community and across the state and a heck of a lot of good grass growers and and just good people uh people managers and uh just you know this this business i mean you know my my golf career didn't really amount to much but i've but seen now, it. yeah i laid the, <laughs> i lay the sod over from 60 yards and in for those of you who hadn't played with me but uh they had the chip yips for 10 plus years but no nah, this i owe everything to uh to this business uh you know it's i've met a lot of cool people um just happened to you know sort of indirectly met my wife through it and um just had the opportunity to travel all over and see a lot of cool golf courses and and you know at the end of the day I still wake up loving golf you know before I like growing grass I I still love golf uh, I don't watch as much as I used to some of the names on the leaderboard aren't familiar to me anymore I mean I, I guess I just don't but I've still got that passion, but it's more for just the game of golf instead of, you know, following certain players and stuff like that. It's it's hard to explain, but uh, whether it's just a, pr a pretty golf hole or enjoying a good round of golf with you and some other buddies, or um, it's just it's given me uh, it's almost like a huge support group, and uh, you know, just it's a unique community. What um what would you say you you just had a baby, right? Yeah. A my girl, daughter Evelyn girl. is uh ten and a half months old. So I, I'm assuming that she's probably not gonna be a golf course superintendent, but if but so what would you say to and congratulations by the way. Thank you. Um I know Laura's probably putting up with you hand over yeah, fist. <laughs> I, I saw her stand up on her own for the first time last night and i was actually fortunate enough to take a picture on my iphone so that was pretty neat yeah but um yeah it's been it's been fantastic i i would hope that my daughter would work for me for one summer and i know your daughter did for you and uh, i think it's the best thing she ever did teach her what she doesn't want to do for the rest of her life yep. but what what would you say what would you say look and you might have a son down the road. Uh, I'm sure you're not done with having kids, but um, what would you say? This is not the glamour, most glamorous job. What would you say to him if he wanted to be? Because I've I've had this conversation, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, is to is to either a, a, a friend's kids or somebody who thinks of, who's thinking about being a superintendent. Uh, would what would you say to them because i'm not saying that you don't recommend the job but it's not something that you can you could put it in a in a chart and show all the pros and cons and people would be like man i'll just go do something else i think you've got to want it so bad and that there i can think of a dozen assistants at, right here locally in middle tennessee who are such quality leaders individuals they're great grass growers who all it takes is them getting a shot and 
it doesn't always happen. You can do all the right things. You can get your two-year, four-year degree. You can go on all these great internships. You can grind it out, you know, at the assistant level for a number of years. And there's, there, like I said, there's a lot of quality individuals. So you've got to know that going into it. I think, you know, we've had some experience managing the millennials the last couple of years. You think that's as big of a problem as most people make it out to be? I've had a lot of fun with it the last couple of years. I, I, uh, I went to a local high school and talked to the football and baseball coach uh, here at McGavick High School, and I just said, hey, I, I need six good kids. I'll work around every practice, every tournament, you know, of the six. Three of them probably aren't going to work out. They're probably not going to have it. But, I, I, you know, employer retention is huge in our business, and, you know, I had four of them that, that, that made it, and – of, of the six that I brought on and, and to this day they're still with me and that's been four years now. Now I'm, I need an, I need the next crop because they're all those guys are now freshmen, sophomore in college. They're not going to be coming home and working at Old Hickory Country Club every summer. I think the majority of kids, they want instant gratification and they've been told Work ethic aside, they've been told, hey, if you do all the right things, if you if you do well in high school and if you go get your four-year degree and if, if you get this piece of paper, you're going to get a good job someday. And in this business, when, we, when you were saying earlier it's not glamorous, it's not because it is an absolute grind to get to, get to that level. Sure. And it's an extremely rewarding. And, hey, as an assistant, it was an extremely rewarding career then too. And uh, I had a lot of fun, and and um, but if your ultimate goal, end goal in 2019, and and you know, let's face it, 225 golf courses a year are closing, and there's just not a tremendous amount of job opportunities, whether it's in Middle Tennessee or Tennessee or the Southeast or wherever you want to work. There's there's a lot more applicants than there are jobs sure. to 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 be a head golf course superintendent. So if if you want to be in the business, nothing's guaranteed. You know it's, um, but I I do that would be my caution to younger people wanting to get into it. I think it's the best job. I I couldn't be happier. Um, I don't want to do anything else at least right now at this point in my life um but nothing nothing is ever guaranteed so if i had a son and was telling him or or maybe even my daughter if she was interested <laughs> i you know i'm all for it and daddy will support you you know 100 percent. but it's nothing's guaranteed and you just need to know that going into it yeah i, th I think it, it, it's my perception. It may not be reality, but I, I feel like now it's because of what you touched on with the jobs being very limited applicants. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are snatching up, you know, resume builders here and there going one here, one year here, one year there. And they ultimately put themselves in a position where they've either met a bunch of people or they put themselves in, in a position. And it's not necessarily about what they may have known or learned or gained along the way. It's they've met the right people. They put themselves in a situation that, that affords them their, their name going to the top of the list. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's a negative. That's just the reality of what this business has become because they're not building golf courses every day. Right. They're not, they're not, you know, they're shutting them down more so than they are building them and, and jobs are just not coming open. I mean, you know, I was 20 years at two different golf courses, a little over 20 years. And, you know, and, and this area is a little bit different. It seems to, re, you know, guys are revolving around and go to different spots depending on when they come open. And there's not a ton of turnover, but it's not like that. And, say like Florida or, or Arizona or someplace where there's just lots more golf courses and influx of assistants that are qualified that have been to, you know, top 100 golf courses. They, they send their, you know, I, I've, I've just seen it in my own personal, you know, experiences where you just don't even get a shot and you, you wait, you feel like you're way qualified, but you're just, there's, you just don't know where you are in the pecking order because you're not, you don't know anybody in that particular facility. Right. It's, it's, 
it's another piece of advice to just be to put yourself out there. Uh, if you're coming out of turf school, actually, I can't remember his name, but uh, one of the younger men in the University of Tennessee Knoxville turf program that I saw at the uh, our local the Tennessee Turfgrass Association conference in Murfreesboro a couple weeks ago. Man, he came up and just had a great conversation, and and I think he'll make it. Um, but the fact that he was mature enough to come up and have that conversation, and you know, I immediately introduced him to a couple other local superintendents, and I think he left the conference with a with an assistance job lined up. Yeah. And it was it was just simply that he put himself out there, and at the end of the day, it, it comes back to communicating, whether it's with your staff or your bosses or your members. And it seems like the guys who do feel comfortable with their with their public speaking and their their overall communication or just just interaction with people and how they how they treat people, all it takes is making a good impression on one person or getting that one shot at, at you know a, a golf course as a spray tech where you have the ability to work yourself up and. Um, you know, I had I had that opportunity uh, working from uh, Tim, and then I worked for Michael Brownlee at Stones River, and and learned a lot of valuable experience under him. And and Michael, to be quite frank, made a phone call and and got me a job opportunity as a spray tech, uh, working for Trey Cutshaw down in in at the Farm Golf Club. Sure. And uh, at the time, I think it was ranked in the top 100, and that kind of it was. Uh, just somebody giving me a shot and you know I owe Tim the world for for kind of sealing that this was the the career path I wanted to go down and and for all you know Michael helped me out with but ultimately Michael got me that shot to work for Trey which kind of springboarded my career um I don't know what Michael must have caught him on a good day but he <laughs> made that phone call and I'm I'm forever grateful to him because to, you know, I, I don't believe that I would have – I would be here today. I was actually thinking about physically attending Penn State University after I graduated with my business degree from Middle Tennessee State. And Michael and I talked it through it and talked through it with my father and then ultimately talked with Trey down at the farm and felt like I could get some really good career experience, real-world experience, hands-on, irrigation and spraying – uh, that would benefit me. Um, so, you know, just putting yourself out there and all it takes is meeting that one right person and it, it can change your life. And, you know, Tim helped change it and Michael helped change it sure. and Trey did. And, uh, you know, all, all you guys here in the local uh, Middle Tennessee section are all my closest friends. So, I mean, we're call all kind of intertwined. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I would be I would be surprised if we didn't come across, you know, guys in our industry that hadn't had someone influence them in some way or another, or you know, gave them a shot or an opportunity. I mean, I certainly got my stories about how, you know, I I knew you know I knew Gary Roger Baird who introduced me to Dave Green who got me an internship at the Golf Club of Tennessee and the rest is history, you know, and and I worked my way up there and met a lot you met will brewer and just lots of other people in the industry and got my name top of the list at brentwood so you know it, it, it i think i think yeah it, you're gonna have those stories and i think that's the thing that i would advise people is like you said is just meet as many network i mean i say this all the time and i i post it a lot it's you know i mean your network is your net worth and that's really the people that you surround yourself with and yeah. and and if you try to do it alone, you try to go through life and whatever you're doing in relationships or business or whatever, you, if you you know, as well as I do, if you try to get healthy on your own and, and try to make it to the gym, you're, you're going to quit on yourself a lot more than, than having a trainer or somebody there to hold you accountable. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that that's a, a you know, great piece of advice for anybody that's listening that, you know, that's coming up or thinking about getting in this business, just network 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 talk to superintendents we're all friendly i know i know dan opens his doors up and and does a lot of things and there's there's tons of people out there that'll do that so um let's talk about uh, a little bit about the transition that you you guys have kind of gone through here at old hickory and whatever you can speak about having a new ownership and 
and some of the situations that are looking pretty good for the future of Old Hickory and what are some of the things that may be coming down through the pipeline? Well, like a lot of clubs through throughout the United States and, and beyond that, you know, golf golf is hard. The golf industry is hard. And uh, there's a lot of country clubs out there that, you know, just because you got a good good golf course and a good product, you know, maybe you made some bad financial decisions along the way. Maybe, you know, maybe your price point wasn't right. Maybe there's just too much other local competition that's, you know, you're – we're competing against a lot of good golf courses sure my buddies are doing a good job down <laughs> the road you know we we're all fighting for members and this club was owned by dupont up until 1986 i believe and the members eventually bought it from dupont and you know it not dupont always wrote that check at the end of the year if if um if the club had a bad year and was a couple couple hundred thousand dollars in the hole dupont would kind of bail him out and you know when the, the when the club took over that money needs to come from somewhere and it came through assessments at the end of the year and typically if you're at a club and you get assessed you're getting something for your money you're going to get cart path renovation sure. a greens renovation new bunkers new clubhouse new dining area and uh you know, years and years of us, you know, kind of struggling and, you know, we, everyone trying as hard as they could. And at the end of the year, we we're, seemed like we were in the hole. So, um, yeah, a couple years back, uh, three of our members, uh, were reached out to, uh, it's Steve and Leah Smith. They're the owners of Tootsie's and Rippies and Honky Tonk Central downtown. They have some other establishments. Uh, and their business partner, Al Ross, uh, they were approached by some of the board. I think it was uh, pretty casual at the time, but sure. the club was struggling and it was just kind of a, the initial conversation and, you know, it progressed and it, it got to the point where at the end of the year, you know, we just, we were having to assess the members year after year after year and we were having high turnover rates and just like employee retention is good at us operating our agronomic business. If you can't retain members, you know, or, you know, members taking leave of absence is way too much. And if you're not having that steady stream of income that's guaranteed, you know, that's not a good culture and that's not a good business model. And it's a failing business model. So it's been a lot of fun, a lot of cool ideas. We're, we're full-blown under construction right now that, you know, clubhouse expansion, um, just doing what really hasn't been done the past 20 plus years uh you know the crash in 08 09 you know we, i think we went from over 500 members down to like 325 and so that's obviously hard to sustain the same product inside and outside sure. that you've been accustomed to for so many years you know member services get cut but you're charged the same amount of money and eventually if you're not keeping up with the guy down the road updating your facilities um you just can't compete so Stephen lee and al you know they bring so much uh to the table it's been a lot of excitement within the staff within the building um within the membership but just upgrading facilities expanding facilities uh, and at the end of the day, they're, they're, they were members before they were owners. They love golf. Uh, Leah cracks me up. I watch her hit range balls sometimes. And, you know, Steve, Steve will hit two balls and then head to the cart and sit and wait on her, and she'll grind for 45 minutes. And she just – she loves hitting that little white ball. Yeah. I mean, she really does. And uh, it's exciting for them. Uh you know they're very generous within the local community they do a lot of work with Vanderbilt and just a lot of charities within the within the Nashville area and beyond that um <clears throat> so you know we're definitely to compete for members you've got to have people have to feel like they're getting a good value and for years and years we've been known as as a pretty good golf course with very tired facilities and so just having, you know, old hickory starting to boom, it's exciting for, for this city because I feel like, you know, we're going to have a, a, a pretty upscale 
public restaurant the upstairs of the clubhouse i think that's fantastic sure and i think you got to think outside the box because like i said golf business is hard so i think golf has also been dying over the years because it's stuffy and i think being in nashville the the you know music capital of the world and having the connections that steve and leah do to the music industry uh, we've got a lot of famous talented people that are members out here uh, which is exciting. It's fun to run into a Cole Swindell or a Kid Rock or a Jamie Johnson or Randy Hauser, and they're all super nice guys. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's exciting for the members. It, it's exciting for prospective members. Be like, hey, man, I'm a I'm a member at you know Old Hickory Country Club where so and so is a member. They're like, oh, it, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, I. You know, this has been a great job the, for the six years that I worked for the board of directors and the membership here at Old Hickory Country Club. And now now that uh, Steve and Lee and Al have taken over, um, it's it's still a ton of fun. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm ha- just happy to be here. And, um, you know, got got some cool projects. We're going to – we're talking about uh, – you know, we're in the dreaming phases of some, but, we're, you know, we're, we're definitely building uh, – some John Daly teas out here. That's been a fun project. We're we're updating our irrigation uh, at a lot of areas around the golf course. Um, talking about regrassing some areas. Sure. Uh, you know we're in the dreaming phases, but talking about some higher quality turf grass on the tee tops and and the green surrounds. Um, years ago, they'd converted the fairways to 419 and stopped like 20 yards short of the green. And the thought was that the following year when the money was there, we, you know, money kind of ran dry and it was like, well, we'll put this off till next year and then we'll convert our common Bermuda grass approaches and uh, to either 419 or some other higher quality turf grass. And that's just something that, that never ended up, you know, coming to fruition and getting done. And so just, you know, being able to talk through those projects, um, you know, building new short game areas is on the horizon. Um, we're going to double the size of our putting green, which will be fantastic. And um, and just just make golf as fun as it can be, and and use our ties to the to the local music industry, and just make this place a fun golf course. Um, I think it's I think it's been done before. I think it's a very unique vision that Stephen Lee and Al have. Uh, and I know there's courses that, uh, you know, um, kind of going down the same path. But, but to, hey, to get members, you you got to think a little differently. And at the end of the day, it's just got to be – it's got to be fun. Yeah. And golf's got to be accessible too because, you know, and if, if your kids aren't playing golf and they're not eventually going to be a member, whether – even if it's not at this club, but if they're not going to buy into that same – you know, where where it's not going to be important for them someday to be a member at a country club. Well, hey, we're not going to have jobs forever then because more courses are going to continue to to shut down. So I think, you know, I think courses all over, for the most part, doing a good job with adapting. Um, you know, we all can do better. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a lot of cool cool stuff. Uh, like I said, just some improvements to uh, the building and facilities and, and menu and and honestly, just uh, you know, not the culture's always been pretty good, but but really just having people buy in. I think Steve and Leah and you know their other businesses are are very successful, and it's a testament to them and their leadership and and the people that they surround themselves with. But from from who I've met and and what I can tell, it's a it's a it's a pretty well-oiled machine um and I, i've learned a lot off the two of them and 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 through al so um i'm super super excited about about uh about the next couple years and we'll tackle it one project at a time and and uh hopefully they're happy and and um you know just continue having fun how much is it say infrastructure wise versus golf course wise infrastructure i mean like uh buildings 
kitchen, renovations to the pool, how much of it's that versus things that they want to do on the golf course, or is it a good mix of everything? Do you, How much input do you have in some of that? I mean, is it a build it and they will come thing, or is it more of a, you know, we're going we're gonna to make this, we're going to sort of create a vision and we're going to drive – uh, drive up, you know, a, a, a need and an interest in memberships, but we've got this sort of idea that we want to do that encompasses these things. You know, it's kind of a roundabout question, a bunch of different things, but. Right. Well, Nashville, you know, it's expanding in every direction. And Old Hickory is in a unique spot. Um, it's six miles from I 40, and it's five or six miles from I 65. You know, it probably takes 20 minutes to get here from downtown, so it's not like it's just super close. Um, there are, you know, but it's headed this way. Yeah. And if you don't have the infrastructure to accommodate that, then it's not going to be a successful business model. So, yes, there is a little bit of the if you build it, they will come mentality, but it's very, very calculated. Um, and I, I do truly believe that it'll affect this, this local old hickory, uh, economy in an extremely positive way and kind of be almost like a, a central part of this town Sure. and kind of build the town around, you know, you start getting some, you know, just from when I took the job seven years ago, driving to work, I see a lot more successful businesses and better looking buildings coming up or somebody buys an old rundown building and renovates it and and then seeing that local business have some success like old hickory's definitely changed for the positive um that i've seen in in my time here and uh, i think there's a you know an extreme opportunity um i think in terms of renovations and stuff, yeah, our our infrastructure is just not very good. So we're we're definitely addressing. I mean, if you want a percentage, it's probably ninety percent in inside and and ten percent outside. But yeah. we, you know, we got a lot of cool projects that uh, that you know we're dreaming about, and um, you know the just seeing bodies up there, you know, doing construction and that's been fun to watch and it's not all different than you know watching the builder his name's steve DeLeo. he's he's been working with al and steve and and leah for a number of years but watching him manage crews like we manage our crews uh in the the coordinating of of the contractors and uh you know building materials and supplies coming in and it's just uh but you know the Steve and Leah, they've they built a lot of successful businesses, and uh, it's it's pretty neat to watch. So continue to learn off them. Uh, we'll, you know, just uh, change is a good thing. Sure. And we were talking about jobs earlier. You know, sometimes just a new set of eyes. I mean, somebody can have a, a fantastic product for many many years, and you know, going back to the football coach thing, you get that one bad year. And you might, uh, you know, find yourself without that opportunity. Um, well, you know, the thing with to use <laughs> to use your analogy about the football coach, um, it's sort of a give and take. You know, you can have an eight and eight record and have a somewhat long career. You can't be fifty percent at your job as a superintendent, or you won't last. Right. You know, so there are some ways to measure wins and losses. There's different things you can see if you're getting better. You know, you can see if things, you know, guys are getting improving. Um, and and the win, it may not correlate to wins and losses on the scoreboard. But in your in our business, I mean, if you're right, if you, you've got to start seeing uh, consistent improvement over a period of time and that only comes with a consistent work ethic consistent vision and and if if that's not if that's if it hits a wall or it becomes stagnant a new set of eyes creates you know gives you that opportunity to kind of push push through that barrier so you know i i agree that that we can be have a coach mentality but 
you know, we always got to be forward thinking. You got to be pushing the envelope. And one of the things I always live by is, man, if I never, they never could tell me no. The answer was always no if I never asked or if I never presented an issue or a problem. But so if I sat quiet, then then I was never getting what I needed. But if I always presented things that like, Hey, this will move us in this direction, or this will, these are the benefits of why we should do this, or we need this piece of equipment, or we need to build this or whatever. And we need to host this tournament, you know, whatever the case might be, make them say no, make them see the the value in that. And so I I know you do that, you know, and I know that's where you were kind of going, but uh, I'm, I'm excited for y'all's the change. It's great for old Hickory, man. They've got, if if they ever listen to this, which I hope a bunch of people listen to it down the road, but uh, y'all got, y'all got a good, uh, a damn good superintendent, and he's going to carry y'all well into the future. So I promise you that. And um, you know, so you know, you don't have anything to worry about with that. <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, you know, working for these these new owners, uh, pretty neat. They they like to. You know, we're doing this major construction right out of the gate. But one thing that Steve said that really resonated with me was you always want to be doing something because you're always going to be new if you're doing something. And people like new. Yeah. You know, not necessarily drastic change or something that's just going to impact every single member. But, you know, every time a member pulls in and sees a contractor doing something, Hey, what are, what are they doing over there? Oh, well, they're putting in a new bar in the upstairs. Oh, man, I'm like, you know, they go check it out. They get excited. So, you know, we're trying to accomplish the same thing on the golf course. Some renovations and, and projects will be bigger than others. But if you're always doing just a little something, sure, you're always uh, you're always staying new and, and a little bit more relevant. And uh, I think it'll help. It helps – employee morale i think it'll help you know keep me sharp it helps keep your staff sharp if you're not you know telling guys to go out and mow every day or do certain tasks it it becomes repetitive but when you're doing projects that's where we really get to use a you know a skill set that that we've developed over the years to to kind of maximize you know my potential as a professional or maximize my my crew's potential and Doing projects empowers your crew a lot more than just mowing grass and making things nice. And I think they get a lot more sense of pride. I know my guys have enjoyed it. And, hey, there's days where we come in and, you know, we're kind of running around like monkeys with our head cuts off, Uh, you know, helping contractors and crews and kind of some days doing our job and some days doing jobs that are not related to turf grass at all. Uh, but that's just going to be part of the next next couple months. But the guys are having fun, and we're doing stuff. And Old Hickory Country Club is is spending money, and in a very much more financially sound business model, uh, and, and an opportunity for some tremendous growth uh, within the membership, but also within the village of Old Hickory. Sure. Um, because it is, it's right between the river and the lake. I mean, Old Hickory Lake is, is beautiful. We've got a nice little marina around here. A lot of nice new businesses popping up. Um, so it's a cool, it's a cool part of town. Um, and I, I do believe there's, there's some unlimited potential and some outside the box thinking in terms of business model, which is, it's going to be, uh, I said I've I've always loved this job and and I'm I'm really enjoying, you know, maybe that new set of eyes. Yeah, I and think, learning off some successful people. Sure that that may be as big a benefit as anything that you personally might uh, you know come to realize is that you can get around people with a different philosophy about business or life and w- what things they've dealt with and just you know because. One of the things that superintendents allow us to do is be kind of a jack of all trades. We become, you know, have to be the the manager, the plumber, the the contractor, the you know, the babysitter. We got to be it all, you know. And so, uh, you you tend to be qualified for a lot of different jobs, but at the end of the day, our expertise draws us to growing grass and you know prepping a golf course. So I think you're you're going to be excited about working with some you know really high profile people that have done some some great work, and so. 
that 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 seems to be very exciting for you and for your you know your projection in your career so uh i know that's going to be something that y'all look forward to uh seeing how that plays out and it's great for the area i mean old hickory has been around for a long time and so i think um you know this golf course is going to you know take itself on into the future and it looks pretty bright so you know um let's talk a little bit about uh what you got on you know personally i know you we talked earlier about you having a, a, a child how has that sort of changed things for you in you know because i know for me personally it was difficult having children especially at a young age to balance life and everything so um you know what are some of the things that that's created for you as far as personally and with work and balance and life and how has that sort of changed you philosophy wise yeah i i don't think i get it as upset at the end of the day, I think having my daughter has made me a happier person uh, on a work level too. I mean, obviously, it's it's been the greatest thing ever. Uh, just a ton of fun. She she stood up yesterday, and and that was was just a ton of fun. And won't sit still. And um, you know, forcing myself having a reason to leave that office before five o'clock. You know, we we're still we we put in long hard hours as superintendents, but it gives you a reason at the end of the day, you know, because we're all so OCD and we all want to do our jobs to the best. That sometimes it gets in the way of life. It gets in the way of my personal relationship with my wife, uh, it, especially if I'm taking a a bad member comment home with me or sure. a, a bad day on the greens like that of frustration home with me and I've, I've been and talked to laura and unfortunately sometimes it probably brings her down but having my daughter uh i have you know i'm i'm in a super neat situation where my assistant superintendent's wife uh, provides child care for my daughter and they live two minutes away from the golf course so i actually get to bring my daughter to work from 5 to 6 a.m i take her across the street to daycare and then i just pick her up before five o'clock every day but but that's huge for me because especially before my wife and i got married and i was living up here working this job we were engaged and she was still down in birmingham if i wanted to work till seven eight nine o'clock at night i would do it yeah you know most of us are workaholics. We, uh, but no, nah, that seeing her at, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it gives me a reason to disconnect from the job. And I feel like I'm going home and not being as critical of myself and my personal successes or failures. I'm not taking members positive or negative comments home with me. I'm also doing a better job of basing my self-worth on how good a grass grower I was that day or how good a superintendent or if I did get a negative comment, it literally, you know, I it would crush me and I'd take it home. And there could have been 10 other positive comments and all it took was that one and that's all I heard that day. Or our but war. my daughter had totally like I, uh, you know, I think it's helped my relationship with my wife too because it gives me something else. Maybe it's a just a positive distraction. Um, because I I just don't think about the job as much when I go home. I mean, we we all do. We're you know we'll stay up late planning and answering emails and stuff like that, but. But it, it's just uh, it's a welcome distraction at the end of the day um, and just been a huge change in my life. And, and honestly, forcing me to leave the office at a set time. Sure. You know, we, my guys will work 6 to 2.30. You know, it, it used to be nothing, you know, to stay around till 6, 7 o'clock. And, you know, there's only so much you can do. You know, lay it all out, you know during the day but at the end of the day you got to go home and have a life and um so for me personally that's just one thing i'm trying to get get better at the last couple of years and um but now my daughter's definitely been the the most impactful change and and being able to 
leave the job at the job yeah and not take it home as much as i used to uh so i give my wife a lot of credit you know i don't give her enough um you know you're if you're so passionate about something and and like i love golf and i love golf courses i love this golf course and you know it's it's right now it's it's my it's my thing i mean it's um you feel fortunate to go to a job every day that doesn't ever feel like work even though we're grinding every day we're we're getting better we're you know doing projects and um so but now Lara's put up with a lot and um you know it, it it's it'll be it'll be exciting and and new ownership it's it's given me a lot of uh you know positive outlooks and uh just realize how fortunate you know to 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 be in this uh in this golf business in middle tennessee and the relationships that that i've got here so well i think it's important that you know guys hear this girls hear this that you know you've got a situation where you've been a superintendent in a place for a, a, a good while now you've got a lot going on you've got uh, new changes in your um you know in your personal life and there's just so many people that are going through those types of situations and scenarios where maybe struggling with something at home or or they can't figure out how to not take work home because i think we're all in and not you know we're all uh not very good at it in general but but things in life will make you look at things from a different perspective and i know having a child will having a job change or doing something you know having a project that's different than your normal course of work so you're you're dealing with a lot of it you got a lot thrown at you and and you know and that's good in a lot of ways because it keeps your mind refreshed but then then you've got things outside of work that allow you to kind of focus and refocus and re-energize and you know i know you, you know you're one of the guys that you know loves this job you know first in last out um I know there's things though that you love to do outside of here. You're not just a complete 100% golf course guy, but you know, what it, is there anything outside of I know you talk we we play golf some together and I wish we played more, but you know, is there any other hobbies that you enjoy doing? Do you get to travel a lot? Do you, you you is there anything that you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but just anything that you sort of take get you to re-energize and recharge because here in Tennessee, you know, the summers are really they can get long and i know i know um not necessarily for you now that you have bermuda grass but but in general it's a long summer in general but so what what do you do to sort of recharge tell somebody out there that you know hey new season new year maybe they want to think about doing something that that uh that uh kind of gets them going back and refocusing all right well the number one thing i was attracted to with this job in particular was its location and being here in Nashville and all that it has to offer. Yeah. And I'm engaged at the time and, you know, trying to get, take that next step and, and, you know, do the right things in my career and in my personal life. And I knew what I had to offer. I mean, we've got what a half a dozen lakes within, you know, two hours of sure. Nashville. We've got state parks all over. We've got music, we've got food. There's festivals every single weekend you know, there's the tomato festival, the hot chicken festival, you know, the farmer's market's great. Uh, there's so much history downtown. There's, there's, you know, country music history. There's, uh, rock and, you know, the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, there's so much that this city has to offer and, and we do, we try to take advantage of the state parks. We'll do a lot of hiking on weekends when I, when I, you know, am able to, get away and decompress from from work um constantly taking advantage of all the fun fun festivals going on uh there's there's always something going on right here in middle tennessee but yeah it's it's definitely um it's definitely important to do something that doesn't involve the country club sure. every day um and in the last 10 months has been special because i find you know, and instead, you know, my wife would come out to work, especially when I managed bent grass. I mean, my wife would come out and hang out with me while I was checking greens or pulling hose. And, and, you know, that was awesome of her, but there was days when 
the moisture was good. For those that don't know, pulling hose is a, <laughs> a water hose. <laughs> but but I know that there's guys who've been there is that there were days when I knew the greens were fine and I'd go make two more laps checking them. Yeah. And that's – it's good that I cared that much, but it was a problem because I knew they were good and I knew deep down in my heart that those greens were going to be fine and they yeah. were going to look great the next day. And I'd go out and stay two or three more hours when I could have been doing something in my personal life that would have benefited me and my family more than me sitting there watching greens that I knew were fine. Sure. So, uh, you know, trying to get better at that. I mean, you, you still grind every day. You still want to, you know, put just as much effort and care into it. But when you can get away from work, you know, you you need to sometimes um there's there's months where you need to be there a lot more there's months where you don't need to be there a lot more um but just having having the ability to let go once in a while and and not make that that last lap around the golf course checking perfectly healthy greens um well i think that's a a great piece of advice great piece of advice to end on uh, you, you know, don't take it too serious. Don't, don't listen to the one negative when you've got 10 positive comments that day, those types of things will ruin your day. It, it's hard not to, it's a, our nature, but, uh, man, I do appreciate this. It was a blast and, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and I ho hope maybe once this thing takes off, you come back and we'll get into a little bit more technical stuff and maybe talk about where the club is and and uh some of the things that are coming up so i appreciate it man all right bj thank you very much man thank you for all you do for me and uh i really appreciate our friendship over the years so thank you and all the best to you and we'll talk to you here in a couple weeks all right man same here i, I appreciate it thanks hey everybody what's going on this is bj parker the host of the making the turn podcast and you just listened to episode two with dan johnson superintendent from old hickory country club uh, I suggest you go check that golf course out if you hadn't seen it. It's um, it's a great golf course, great guy, and we had a lot of fun on this podcast. So, uh, hey, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. I, I, I hope that you um, tell all your friends about it, rate it, share it, check us out on iTunes, wherever it's going to be dropping. I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure all this out. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and tell all your friends, tell all your colleagues, Making the Turn podcast. Green Industry Podcast, turf, golf, life, whatever. We're going to talk about it all. So I'm BJ Parker, your host, and I'll talk to you soon.